When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. During the spookiest time of the year, there are a few guidelines all ghosts and goblins should follow. Always stay on sidewalks. Never go to a stranger's house. And never go out alone. Vengeance, vengeance, say it. There's an old graveyard way back deep in them woods. The thing you're looking for is in there. It was an accident. Welcome back, listeners, to 31 for 31. We are in episode five, day five, October 5th of our little mixtape. And we've got the delightful 1988 B-movie, Pumpkinhead, directed by Stan Winston. This is Janie Lansdowne, and I am joined by my co-host. Chris Boniello. (laughs) I'm Pumpkinhead. I am Cody Mason. Damn, Jamie, going with the limited release date. Yeah, yeah. That's an interesting, yeah, that's an interesting discussion. <laughs> I think it's 1989, but I guess I guess Jamie's a bigger fan than we thought. <laughs> Jamie, pre-utero, definitely saw this movie at its limited festival release. Um, but yes, Pumpkinhead, which I had seen last Halloween or something, and you guys had not seen it for a long, long time. No. So it was more of a re, like a true revisit for you guys, correct? This was the first time this was an age appropriate film for me, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This was the first time it wasn't either on TV, on a VHS, and my dad wasn't sleeping in the room. I probably <laughs> saw this movie and it was like 55 minutes on TBS because they got out a half hour of violence. Uh, So I I was very uh, surprised by several elements of this film being included. Yeah, and the lack of depth. (laughs) Yeah, this is it's a fairly straightforward film, which is why I think it deserves a spot on the list, because it it wouldn't be Halloween or, you know, like it wouldn't be a proper mixtape if we weren't including a movie like this, which is just like a very straightforward creature feature yeah. movie although you gotta have a I you gotta have a movie to finish your drink during and sit there and just you know <laughs> chug a beer <laughs> nice exactly ale. this movie has a vibe to it that i just love and i think part of that is just i feel like this was just on syndicated or was 
in syndication on like AMC every Halloween when I was growing up. It was like sort of it runs cheap. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was probably dumped pretty unceremoniously onto these channels. So I would see it like pieces of it so many times during the month when like AMC did like Fear Fest or Monster Fest or whatever they call it. To attribute this to like what Chris compares to drinks, like in terms of meals, this is like when you go to Hardee's, not Carl's Jr., but like Hardee's in like Indiana on a drive. And it's like, that was good. And (laughs) it's not really good, but contextually it's pretty good. So, you know, who knows where this movie takes place. But I would argue in terms of creature features, which let's be honest, are probably some of the lowest quality of horror movies that are out there. Like, I think this one still is pretty good. Oh, and it's got an excellent creature if you're just going to judge it on that. Yeah, and in terms of like creature features that now you look back on are like, you know, so painfully dated. At least like this is a lot of practical effects. Some people are giving it too much in their performances. Some people are barely there in the acting. But it just like... You, you kind of just smile the entire time and throughout it, I, I was never like, oh, that's shitty CGI or or this didn't work or that didn't work. I'm just like, you know, when the strobes are coming on that pumpkin heads coming, but just the general lighting effects and production design are hold up so well that it's just fun to look at. I just had a smile on my face laughing and being like, I was a 12 year old kid and I thought this was the most terrifying thing ever. And now I'm like, oh, we're not even like making this suspenseful. Like he's just already in the room. He's like out there. He's out <laughs> the window. Like that's him. There's no. He's pumpkin it. He's gonna get you. Yeah. Like, but I, yeah, I feel like you had on a good note that it's like this is the perfect mix, uh, especially for performers for me, where you've got one person who's outclassing this movie and Lance Henriksen, you know, just like actually milking this role. It's not haggis. And then the it's oh not. no, and then the rest of the performers are either like really overdoing it or really underbaking it. You know, it's yeah. just. There's no one in the middle. There's no one who's doing an adequate job. <laughs> There's only, which is perfect for this. This feels like what would happen if you made a stage production of Jaws. Yeah. I feel like you would get this. You would get one person. A nice little chamber drama. <laughs> you had like an old washed up. Yeah. The, the one guy like in town who could it. act. Who's just like fucking chewing up Chief Brody. Yeah. That's how this Everybody felt. else in this playing the shark, basically. <laughs> well, Lance, first of all, Lance Henriksen is just awesome and everything. And I will say that I, I constantly confuse him with Scott Glenn. And they kind of combine like the coolness of both Same hairline, basically. Yeah. Same, yeah. <laughs> same like look. But he kind of went apparently like Daniel Day on this. I read that he made a scent of dentures to give him a more rural look, which uh, was interesting. Which is somewhere in this movie between a swamp and the desert of California. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we don't know. Wherever the the biosphere of this film does not exist. One part Louisiana, one part West Virginia, one part the you know, dust bowl. The back lot of California. Yeah, it's like the drive between LA and Vegas where you're like, I'm not sure if this is desert or what. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's never really said where they are, but it's supposed to, I guess, be like down the street from where Deliverance was set. Lance Hedrickson plays, you know, a kindly shopkeeper with his son. Ed Harley. Yeah, Ed, named Ed Harley, <laughs> which is a great name. I have to, I have to just shortly interrupt because I wanted to make sure that Lance Henriksen was from a city because I could tell that he was performing this, and he's from Manhattan. But right underneath, speaking of committing to a role and Daniel Day Lewis something, it says on another occasion, 
because a lot of other nefarious things happen above. Two of his uncles tried to persuade him to take methadrine and take part in a <laughs> staged car accident for the insurance money. He left oh, wow. home permanently when he was 12. Uh, so That's like the top of his Wikipedia page. That's right up there. So I'm, you know, respect the game. He's he's he he knows how to how to sell a role. That's incredible. Incredible. He was also supposed to be like the original cyborg in Terminator. That is true. I, yeah. You know, you can't tell me that he's not secretly a robot in all of his roles. After Bishop and Alien, I'm like, you know, yeah. I, I want a little show me the Carfax on, on your birth certificate. Anyway, back to him. Back to him. So, yes, Lance plays uh, Ed Harley, who is a shopkeeper, and he's got his little boy who basically looks like the kid from Jerry Maguire. 100%. I'm so glad you said that. I I thought it was him at first. I was like, no, it doesn't work out, but it looks like him. I wonder if Cameron Crowe is like, he's got to look like the kid from Pumpkinhead because that's exactly who he looks like. You know, they live in this sort of like rural area and these shithead kids come through town, do a little gas stop, decide this is a good place to bring out our motorbikes and do a little lapse. And these these kids, these city folk, as they are termed, decide to take out their their dirt bikes, do a few laps and uh, tragically hit Ed Harley's son, knocking him unconscious and, you know, fatally wounding him, which, of course, causes Ed Harley to go to the witch Haggis, who tells him that he can have his revenge, but it will cost him dearly. Yeah. Yeah. These kids, they scrammed, you know? They- so a few things in, in this early scene that I picked up on. One, do you just dirt bike wherever you stop when you're a dirt biker? Is that just what happens? You yeah, just get off? You got to get the edge out. It's like restless legs. And like right in the backyard of the store. And then also, if you suspect someone of having a spinal cord injury, do not pick them up and carry them around. <laughs> and also, if someone is gravely injured, don't just bring them home. No, he had a case <laughs> of movie death. You could see it all over his face. Fatal case of movie death. He just was down. You know, don't worry about it. I like to think they were kind of like the uh, the dirt bike version of the the guys from uh, Point Break. Like yeah, they're just, they, just they're just following vibe. the the endless dirt road they're waiting for those hills and they're like they see them those moguls and they just gotta they just gotta rip endless dirt summer baby i did want to interject that ed harley at this point does have some knowledge of the mystical nature of this town we we start with a flashback that could have been in salem witch trials era but apparently it's 1957 as i was watching with with my fiance and the title pops up it says 1957 and then it starts playing and she was like did they mean 1857 <laughs> yeah no okay. it's very recent and you know there's somebody begging for their life and is saying he's innocent his uh his neighbors ignore him because they know that this is the custom and little baby ed harley sees a creature take this guy out so he he kind of knows that there's there's a there's a little uh little pumpkin head going on around here yeah he's a bigger pumpkin head than the one in trick-or-treat yeah he's like sam's older brother set his cool dad <laughs> which which i was surprised re-watching this i didn't realize that like in that first shot you just get a full body of pumpkin head you're oh, it's yeah, just full-on display all with full frontal the velociraptor <laughs> legs and and pointy shoulders i was like oh i didn't i forgot that we go straight into it i i always 
remembered in my head that there was the transformation scene and that was when you finally see him but now we get no, we get a they're shot. setting the tone early it's, a, it's like a quick glimpse doesn't hide in the shadows that much he just kind of walks up to you yeah i do like that opening scene that it, i like the the intro that it does kind of set the stage and it brings in that weird like i don't know if it's supposed to be diegetic or not but like the pumpkin head rattlesnake almost yeah and the strobe that, lights accompanies him somehow the, yeah, somehow the strobe there's strobe lights wind and like a sound <laughs> I mean, it's a class. It's like such a, like over the top like monster. Yeah. It's like oh, it just brings all this like creepy. He's stuff. got a whole posse yeah. with him, just like yeah. hyping him up behind. Like, and it like, also X gonna give it to you. His plan. <laughs> and it also sets up the very confusing geography because early in that scene, the guy is on like the porch of the house screaming to get let in, and then seemingly gets kind of like tossed over by Pumpkinhead, and is all of a sudden falling down like a cliff into a little creek. Where I'm just like, where are we now, <laughs> Pumpkinhead? <laughs> fucking yeeted him across the fucking I mean lanes. you do see that later. I I was surprised at how less lumbering Pumpkinhead is than I remembered. Yeah, he's sprightly. He's he is spry and he's also fond of picking people up. Yeah. A lot of hand goes down, grab you. Yeah, that's it. So, yeah. That's it. Kind of a predator move. But anyway, before we even, I mean, we were, we're kind of jumping around, but yes, Ed Harley's son is dead. He goes to the local witch. <laughs> yeah. Haggis, All right, Charles Dickens. <laughs> which is just, I, I, which is just a great name for a witch. And the witch is so delightfully over the top. Whatever high school mi- yeah. production of Macbeth. What are you buying, Ed Harley? Yeah, Ed Harley. What are you selling, <laughs> Ed Harley? My favorite line is later when she's like, He's like, he's like, God damn you. And she's like, he already has Ed Harley. <laughs> Ed Harley is the last two words of every line in this movie. Yeah. There's it. It rolls off the did he introduce himself to her or did she know his name? I, she just, I, everybody I was going to go back really. and rewatch it and then I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to rewatch it for that, no, don't worry about it. I mean, it, I think well, he doesn't even really know. It's sort of like uh, it's implied that the it's setting up this rural community that is aware of this sort of like demon pumpkin yep. head and that there is a witch. And that I like that there is this sort of like brief mythology built in enough that like kids speak of pumpkin head. It's sort of like a folklorish type thing that is in the community. And it's like if you wrong someone, you better be careful because they might just pay Haggis a visit <laughs> and he might <laughs> sell their soul for vengeance. I mean, it's very similar to, to Sam. You know, you got to follow the rules. Yeah, you got to follow the rules. And I guess rule number one of this town is don't kill other people's yeah. kids. Yeah, big <laughs> no, no, big no, no, especially. But apparently the, it the happens ch- frequently. Oh, yeah. <laughs> At least every 30 years. But yeah, I would say the the point about the rest of the town that you know that's really framed around ed harley being like almost somewhat uppity compared to the rest of this you know west virginia town or west louisiana california town of just having the most obnoxiously and almost upsettingly portrayed poor people of just this (laughs) one very backwards presented family of people basically wearing sacks yep. and just <laughs> wanting corn feed and living outside and the guy and who's like the grandfather is like 40 
Yeah, could have had a little more nuance there, but no, you got your Ed Harleys, who's just a single man working on a farm, and you've got Potato Sack family, and those are the two casts of this society. Yeah. But, you know, those people come in handy. And off to the side is a witch. Yeah, she's at the periphery, yeah. (laughs) It feels almost like a Stephen King short story. He's very fond of the group of kind of shithead teenagers that roll into town, mess something up, at least there's a slight twist to a narrative like that is that the kids like did knock over a pumpkin and that's the reason that there's going to kill them like something silly like that it's more like we actually have this sort of like other narrative of ed harley kind of unleashing this monster against these kids out of just like i'm so angry i'm so upset i want my vengeance and then almost immediately regretting it and like having visions of his son saying What'd you do, daddy? Yeah. And like all this like horrible stuff. And then he's like, oh God, what have I done? And then done? he has to feel the and pain. And then ultimately, yeah, then he has to feel the pain and actually see what's happening, which I thought was like kind of an interesting little, you know, wrinkle in the story. Like, as we said, fairly straightforward kind of creature feature, but I like that it has like this little bit of a twist to it that makes it, you know, gives us a little more narrative purchase to cling on to and keep us interested. Yeah. That being said, like the actors that play the kids are, you know, I don't know how old they're supposed to be. They're we'll call them particularly the one, co-eds. the one kid, the, like the real asshole that is like, I'm on parole for another accident that I hit. Someone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was also drinking. And I was also drinking and they're going to get me. It's like that guy. Yeah. Unfortunately, like gets all of his friends killed who were they seemed kind of okay and like especially the one kid who actually tried to do something yeah he gets nice. fucked up he's first. the first one killed he gets killed first. yeah the guy who's literally stayed with the body and was like i'm doing everything i can under these circumstances and he's yeah. just like he, oh man yeah. mark my words you're dead first yeah he walks out the house telling the other guy like you need to do the right thing and then just gets railed into a tree yeah <laughs> i also you know and that's where this kind of goes is after we get our transformation. Pumpkinhead is is just running rampant on these guys. And I, I did love the latent kind of like, all right, we better catch up with some characterization in terms of like literally being able to tell apart some of these other people. <laughs> so the first person that that happens to is the, the token Christian girl, I guess. Like they just basically are like, you always found your, your strength in prayer. So why don't you just deal with that? And she immediately <laughs> is killed with like, you know, she gets a cross her dragged cr- into her forehead. Yeah, her, her necklace with a cross, not helping anything there. But the pickoff nature of this really starts to be, you know, not too selective and it doesn't really pick its final girls or anything like that in any way that really matters. They're just kind of scenery. And then it's really just a matter of like, as Pumpkinhead gets to appear and look cool and how Ed Harley gets to act around that and being tied to that and feeling the emotion of that and kind of turning into the Pumpkinhead himself at times, like how does that play out and look well, we're just throwing bodies at the wall, basically. Like none of these kids end up mattering. Vengeance is blind. There's a lot of collateral damage here. Yeah. Yeah. There could have been five or seven characters in this that get killed. You know, who cares? I mean, it's you just... know from the start, from him killing like the two nicest people, like, oh, okay. The rules are a little bit out the window. It's not just who killed the kid, it's anyone around there. Yeah. And I think to its benefit, where it's just kind of like, oh, okay. Blind Vengeance very clearly being portrayed as just being foolhardy. Yeah. Ed Hardy. And, uh, you know, Ed just Harley. rolling with that and having Pumpkinhead be this like blind force is kind of fun. But it does take 
a lot of the stakes out of like if you had this second second third of the movie it's only 86 minutes long but like if you had this second third where it really starts to ramp up and you had how good Pumpkinhead looks compared to his you know contemporaries in the creature features of its time and you had Lance Hendrickson really like amping this up and you gave probably just like a tiny bit more effort to developing out like some characters that had relationships that mattered towards each other and guilt was really felt in a really personalized way or something. And, and their deaths were a much more calculated rather than just like who runs outside in what order. I think this really would have been an elevated movie that could have been like more of a classic than just kind of like a cult creature feature that people like the look of the thing. So that's the disappointment I felt, but still does more than enough in other areas, I would say, to be fun. I wish I could say the sequels took those lessons to heart and tried to, uh, you know, learn from the first one, but they did not. No. And they are very bad. They 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 end up getting wings, though, which I thought was kind of fun. So <laughs> there's always that going on. <laughs> the sequels bought wings and that. I mean, it became a franchise. So it, despite the first one not being very successful at all, you know, Stan Winston creature designer is famous for all these other movie monsters like i don't think i think he maybe directed a f- what one other actual feature film after this that was also like kind of like a weird cult classic there might be a pumpkin head in the future god willing it's a practical effect i mean that's like the the thing also is that i think this movie comes out at a certain like right before like cgi kind of takes over yeah because they use it in the second one <laughs> yeah <laughs> gotta get and those blood rings flapping and, and like you know i'd put like when you think creature feature a lot of the times i think of as like some of these really bad movies on like sci-fi channel that were just like had some of the worst like lamest cgi monsters Ice ever spiders yeah like stuff like that that is just like totally ridiculous and like not really redeeming in any way besides being like oh this is like bad and you can watch it with this you know sense of irony i suppose but yeah, Pumpkinhead, I mean, this is like an awesome looking monster. It's kind of like a xenomorph demogorgon yeah. kind of thing. I mean, he did the the alien queen, at least, of the aliens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he and I, you know, it would it would be suck if they did a reboot. and It was just like a CGI thing. So. I mean, I just don't even know um, why you do a re Like, it's just nothing is like that compelling other than the the production design. The lighting is great and the and the creature design. So if you're not going to just do that again yeah a movie made famous for practical effects brought back to betray its own reason for being famous yeah i mean nobody watched that the thing remake i i I did and no one no one has no one has seen it at all that's like one of the hardest things to consider like canon in my life you know (laughs) where it's like that's technically canon for the thing because it's about the norwegian outpost and it's like well now I have to think about that at the beginning of the thing in the back of my mind. And it hurts. No. Because I love the thing. Well, that was another thing is that apparently they did a, a lot of practical effects and then they like, for whatever reason, like went back and like CGI'd a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Wouldn't it be cooler if we just put some pixels on this guy's face? <laughs> Pretty <laughs> yeah. cool. Um, I'm not sure why, but uh, I mean, where does, uh, what is your guys like, what's your Mount Rushmore of like movie monsters? Oh man. I mean, I would probably start with you know, like I want to go outside of the universals and everything like that. I would probably go with like Werner Herzog's version of Nosferatu definitely is super creepy. That's the first one that came to my mind. I'm going to go to Chris while I brainstorm. A little I mean, more. I don't for me, I don't think anything could ever top Godzilla. 
I, I'm just such a big Godzilla fan. I watched so much Godzilla movies growing up. Like I have specific Godzillas I like more than others. So even within that, there's like a genre of monster. But... I only like Son of Godzilla. He's my boy. <laughs> there's Godzilla Junior also. Kazuki. Isn't it like Gazuki That's from World? the animated one. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Only 1998. <laughs> That's it. That's Zilla. Z Dog. Um, I would probably say Tremors as well. Um, big for me, you know, or uh, Graboids. 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 But yeah, I don't know. I'm probably gonna kick myself later. But I think, like, in terms of bipedal, creepy walking up to you, I mean, like, there's nothing better than a xenomorph for me. Probably, I would go for. That. I also. I have a huge soft spot for Space Godzilla, but I don't really like that movie as much. But I, Space Godzilla <laughs> is one of my my favorites. Just, I mean, now we're just stuck in Toho, but I mean, hey, <laughs> this movie is basically a Godzilla movie if you don't yeah. think about anything. I mean. It's ha- it is hard to top like the xenomorph too and I you get reminded of the xenomorph a lot through this and it's just like it feels interesting to see this thing move and wonder like what what they did to make some of these practical effects of the movement look better than how some of the scenes of the xenomorph does or they had to make some of the scenes darker I mean the movie just takes place in a darker area anyways but there's some really great walking shots in this of the creature that I think still hold up very well and reminded me of what they had to do for the fawn in Pan's Labyrinth, but they had to make those leg shapes and CGI stuff out. And this one, I was watching it wondering like how they pulled off some of this movement that worked really well. And, and it just, I don't know. I keep going back. Like the lighting, the production design is so great. Tiny budget, like $3 million. Like they got a lot out of their. They have so many like huge lights outside these windows with fog, like such a, a shot when the kid is dying of like framed within the window and and the sunlight coming in and it's just like i don't know i, I wish i want this team somehow to now get a real budget and make another movie <laughs> 30 years later the fact that pumpkin had like just on a narrative standpoint like doesn't really show up till fairly late in the movie like there's a lot of build-up before you even get to the monster which i think also makes it effective and not even just like a hiding the monster it's like we have the scene at the beginning but then it's like we really get to know ed hardy harley yeah (laughs) harley harley yeah ed harley before he goes on like this rampage and you know like we you know when that kid dies and those kids kind of run away you're kind of like you know maybe maybe i would dig up a creepy old pumpkin head monster that a witch told me to (laughs) yeah and i i i like how there's kind of this like pretty realistic characterization of like it doesn't even really need to follow the beats of the movie when he has realizations. It's just kind of like immediately he regrets it in a very human way yeah. and then like kind of acts accordingly and doesn't do a lot of like his character is very consistent. He does a lot of things to try to defend the kids that make sense. And once he realizes that his fate is tied to the pumpkin head, he could feel you know the pain and it's kind of transforming like all of those beats hit well. It's just how often we get those beats as compared to just kids running in anticipation of being killed by the pumpkin head. And I think the parts where the pumpkin heads on screen, we're all here for it. When Ed Harley's aiming it, we're all here for it. But it really just taking away this very personal story that's set up to be about this one person is doing a very good job. 
and ends by be, do, doing a very good job in relation to this one beast. But then there's just clutter because otherwise it's going to be a 20 minute movie. If yeah. you don't add 60 <laughs> minutes of co-eds being killed who are completely yeah. outclassed by the rest of the movie. It's a, it would be a bit more of just a technical showpiece. Yeah. Another thing that made me think of this that fit in more with Halloween than I even remembered is just how mischievous Pumpkinhead was. I did not expect him to play with the prey as much as he did. As a kid, I remember this being like horrifying and Pumpkinhead like barely shows up and totally mutilates people. This one, he's like pulling people around, lifting them up in the trees. And then out of nowhere, he knows how a dirt bike works and can pull off the chain. <laughs> he set like the dirt bike is set up like they can get on it to get away. And then he's holding the chain. And I was just like, Damn, Pumpkinhead is way smarter and way funnier yeah, than I thought. Yeah, he has an interesting, without being like a speaking monster, he has an interesting level of like, all right, what level of cognition are we operating at? Because yeah. he's not a killing machine. He's just like a a fuck with you before I kill you type. So Does not know how to use a gun, though, because he just stabs a dude with a gun. <laughs> yeah. Very great moment. Just, you're waiting for that Pumpkinhead's going to blow you away moment, and then it's just... I'll just put this through. I, I'm strong enough. Yeah. I mean, that might be a better, a more effective way. Cause as we see later, you can shoot yourself in the head with a gun and then still somehow walk <laughs> away and be okay. I was waiting for it. <laughs> I was waiting to criticize and Harley. I feel like there was a whole like string of movies in the late eighties, early nineties where there were headshots that either had very protracted deaths that lasted like two minutes of them, like bleeding out out of their brain, I guess, or just like missing not in a fight club way, but just like somehow, you know, like just very clearly in your front of your head, just getting shot and being like, oh, whoops, uh, I, you know, ricocheted off my skull. <laughs> I, I'll I'll be fine for a half hour and then die a movie death like my son. That's all I got. I, I did really enjoy the uh, I, I would like to see if this was written into the script where the tube for the flamethrower gets caught on the on the. <laughs> like rake and then <laughs> stabs himself and like just such a like inconvenient thing that somehow impacts the plot so heavily i think it was originally a uh, a rake that he stepped on and it slammed <laughs> into his face like I, they're like all right. sideshow bob same thing but with a flamethrower yeah. please i will say the stepping on the rake thing i you know it to, to me growing up it was like the bermuda triangle or quicksand like it happens all the time but I did do it fairly recently and it <laughs> hurts so much and it surprises yeah. you out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, OK, that was that was the one where I thought oh, as a kid, like this is, never happens. And then I did it to myself and it is awful. <laughs> Continue to run that PSA. Yeah, at it sounds yeah. awful. Yeah. I'm putting that out there. <laughs> Put rakes brush side down, everybody. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah. I mean, this one, this it was just fun. It's it's a fun one. Like watching it together with someone was fun and like just drinking and laughing at it and then i think it goes to show in these types of films and in, in halloween movies in in genre movies where people really care about what they're making and it's not always the best story or the best creature effects but you could tell they put their heart into this production design and this creature design and it it just shows it's fun like i'm not uh, you're not criticizing it or laughing at Chris that. Chris isn't mad. No. <laughs> Chris is happy. I was happy. I was happy the whole time like all the crazy moonlighting like the totally impossible strobe effects and then like wind and rainstorms that are for some reason happening outside now like whatever it looks awesome they're isolated they're isolated yeah i feel like that's my biggest point is you know just if this were a 25 page stephen king 
short story, they would cut out the fat of the kills and make it kind of more of a straightforward, like movie of 30 minutes in terms of content. And if it ended the way that this ended with, you know, a really ugly ass necklace, but still a necklace made by his son <laughs> being put on Ed Harley after the pumpkin head is burned and vanquished, suggesting that when Ed Harley's buried, he's going to be the next pumpkin head. Like that's a, a good meat and potatoes not shocking, but still like good turn ending. You would read that Stephen King story and turn to the next one being like, all right, that was nice, yeah. you know, and, and move on. And I think that's that just goes to show that like at least that character in relationship to the lore just works really well. Yeah. Good. Like no complaints. And then, you know, you, you just have to trim the fat. But yeah. this movie's only 86 minutes. So the fat is basically. The and movie. if they if they like happen to get better kids and just have like. They needed like one more scene or something. I mean, it, it's a typical 80s slasher, you know, kids set up and, and play through, although none of them have sex, which was surprising. It could have elevated a little bit more if they got a little more into it. It's just it's so hard when you see such caricatures, even after you've gone through like a whole kid dying and like you're like, OK, yeah. I'm in on this. <laughs> like and the one guy that was doing well with the kids, the guy who was contrite, dies immediately. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, man, keep that guy around. He was doing OK. Like he was actually a character. But yeah. And tough, I, and I also loss. like that they they pepper in some elements where they're like, yeah, maybe we'll have some lore in the, the kid from the swamp thing or where or not the swamp, but the little smoky side village is like hey we can go through this old church it might like slow him down it, it was once a holy place and he kind of like walks through and sees the cross and just like breaks it and you're like oh, okay I, I guess i don't know the rules really but yeah like we're learning as we I go here right? he doesn't have blood wings yet and like i mean in that scene too i'm like i guess maybe the church slows him down because in every other scene he's just like flying up into trees with those legs that are kind of like cat meets velociraptor legs so maybe the church keeps him grounded but I'm not sure. Mm, yeah, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I think he's just toying with people and toying with God. Yeah. And it, and it also feels <laughs> a like a fun way because in a lot of these movies from that era, if you had leg shots or walking shots, you had to do close ups or inserts of, of feet and legs and different things. You You couldn't show off the whole creature. I mean, that was the problem till the 90s when they started doing CGI stuff. It, it, you couldn't really show off a full creature like that unless you were doing miniatures. And so this one just comes off really, really well. It's fun. It's like yeah. the when he walks into the room, both in the church, I, I thought it was a barn in my memory, but like the broken down church and then the cabin, like when he just fucking rolls up, you're like, oh, man, yeah, he just pops that's in. the it's guy. Like, right yeah. there. Like they're not hiding any blemishes. Yeah. Like he's just out here grinding. And that's pretty fucking great i, I feel yeah. like there was a meeting and stan winston is like i'm putting my fucking money on the screen here like i've spent months designing this <laughs> thing it's all going on the screen and the producers are like yeah but like jaws did really well should we hide it and he's like no no like first i'm gonna first shot i'm gonna full duct body. tape together the rest of this movie <laughs> if i could just show this fucking thing yeah also i don't know why there's a flamethrower but we got one no nah, i mean <laughs> He's like, we, we had it from, we had it in Aliens. You have to have it in here. People love flamethrowers. But uh, yeah, I guess, I mean, in conclusion, I think this is like a very effective, low budget creature feature. You mentioned Tremors, and I think this is kind of like of a similar ilk. Yeah. Like they're kind of like cut from the same cloth as that they've become these sort of like cult classics and they're, you know, like kind of goofy movies, but there is obviously a lot of, you know, like heart and like effort put on the screen and it, it pays off. 
And I think particularly this one with like sort of like all the texture and like, you know, Pumpkinhead and like the witch and everything, it feels very Halloween-y. And coming after Donnie Darko, we kind of wanted to like veer back into something a little more B-movie-ish. Take you out of your head yeah. a little bit. Like like Cody said. Take you into the pumpkin head. Like Cody said, this is a this is a drive-thru meal. You're getting in, you're getting out, you're gonna say, Yeah, that was good. I had fun. Like Coca-Cola tastes good. Let's go. You know, after Donnie Darko, which is more of a, you know, several course meal to give you a quick fast food that you'll be hungry again and dive into something else next. So for part six, you know, here we took you to the uh you know, the, the West Virginia holler, so to speak. And next we're going to go back to the woods a little bit creepier, a little bit more character driven and uh, beautiful looking in a different way. But speaking of beautiful looking, I will say the pumpkin head has some amazing posters. There's some oh, yeah. really great art done for like, there's just some love for this movie. They look like goosebumps covers. They make a good, they make a good t-shirt for sure. Or tattoo. Yeah. And it's, I feel like it, it is one you bring up and people are just like, Oh, yeah, I remember watching that. And now you can be like, hey, let's go get a beer. Let's watch it. I have to listen to this podcast that these guys are doing. I think all five episodes have ended with Chris saying, all right, now let's go get a beer. (laughs) Which is, (laughs) you know, I'm in quarantine and I have a problem. You're going to have to start to talk about which beers go with each pumpkin ale. I've actually just been drinking cocktails the whole time, too. Yeah, the next movie is the 12 Steps. That's true. It's true. Well, we'll we'll see you back in the woods next time. Thanks for tuning in. And uh, yeah, don't uh, don't go killing any children now. <laughs> yeah. Don't lose your head. Don't lose your head. Hey, we'll see you next time.